Well, we're going to read the Bible together again. We're turning to uh, the same passage that we read last week as we uh, thought last Sunday evening about the angels. And today we're thinking about the shepherds. So Luke chapter 2, and uh, we're reading from verse 8 to 20. Luke chapter 2 from verse 8 to 20. If you've got one of the Red Pew Bibles, you'll find this on page 1027. 1027, Luke 2, 1 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. We trust that God will bless to us this reading from His Word. Let's uh, open our Bibles together, Luke chapter 2 this morning. Uh, And if uh, you're visiting with us or joining online this morning and you haven't been charting through with us, we're looking at various characters throughout the Christmas story. And so this morning we're in Luke chapter 2. As Nigel said, we read this passage last Sunday evening and we thought about the angels, but this morning we're going to think uh, a little bit about the shepherds. So uh, Luke chapter 2, and for a few moments let's turn to this and think about the shepherds. Here's the question this morning for us all. Is the good news of Jesus for you? Not for the person sitting beside you, not for someone else here in the church, not for somebody else in your family. Is the good news of Jesus for you? We all know what it's like on Christmas morning. We watch other ones, maybe little ones in the house, and they, they get their present, and they start to shred all the paper off it, and you watch on with glee. You, you watch as they, their little faces light up, as they're so excited, as they, as they struggle with the sellotape, and as they, as they ask for a pair of scissors, and you have to come over and try and help them cut it open, and, and they don't know what it is yet. And, and then as they see it, their, their faces light up, and they're stuck for words, and all they can manage to get out is, wow, and you you sit back and you watch their face, and it brings you great delight. Well, sometimes whenever it comes to the gospel, that's how we can think. We, we can watch on from the outside. We can watch over at other people, and we can think, well, isn't it great for them? We love to see the delight that it brings to them, but for us, well, it's like the Christmas day. It's, it's just the old pair of socks that's wrapped up for us. It's nothing important. It's nothing special. We'll just mosey on through our life. But for, for these people over here, it's lovely for them. 
as they respond to the gospel, we watch on with delight for them, but not for ourselves. And so perhaps this morning we think this. We think, well, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's only for the holy people. It's only for the lovely people. It's only for the nice people and not the naughty people. That Jesus came for the respectful, the well-to-do. That He came for those who hadn't yet made a mess. He came for the young, for the innocent. Well, what I want us to see this morning is that all of those things are, are incorrect. As we come to Luke's gospel, as we come to chapter 2, there's great lessons for us here to learn. We're going to see three simple things, and the first is this. As we look at the shepherds, what do they teach us? They teach us that God sought them out. God sought them out. They're sought out. Look at verses 8 through 11. This is where we're, we're drawing this from. The shepherds, they're, they're minding their own business, and then suddenly the angels appear. Now, we all know what it's like whenever we're in the workplace or we're in school or, or uh, wherever it may be, and you see someone coming to us with, uh, they have a particular piece of authority or they have authority on them. And, and maybe it's the, the schoolmaster, maybe it's the manager or, or someone else. And as they come towards you, they lock eyes with you, and they, you know that they are coming for you. Just something tells you they're coming for you. And so as the principal walks into the, your classroom, and you remember those days, and they lock eyes with you, and you know that they're going to call out your second name, and you're going to have to walk to the office with them. You're in trouble. Or maybe you're in the office, or, or you're in your workplace, and the manager comes, or the boss comes, and they lock eyes with you, and you know, this is it. I'm in for it. Someone's coming to have a word with me. Or what happens, we're in the line at a checkpoint, aren't we, at, at Christmas time in particular, the police are stopping cars, and they've wagged one and two and three through, and you know that they're going to stop you, you know that you've just got that look about you, and you're panicking, thinking, have I enough thread on the tires that attacks the car, all of the things that go through your mind. And in all of those situations, what are we sure of? The news is going to be bad, isn't it? It's going to be bad news as you go to the principal's office. You're summoned. As the manager takes you, you know that you're in trouble. As the police potentially stop you, you're thinking, oh, I might be in trouble. And so here in Luke chapter 2, what do we have? We have the shepherds, and they instantly think they're in trouble. As this, this heavenly being, this messenger sent from God appears, look at what happens. Verse 9, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. This is a frightening thing. It's a frightening thing to have this angelic being appear before you. And you can imagine the shepherds thinking and nudging one another and saying, boys, this is it. We're in for it this time. Whatever, whatever wrong they had committed, whatever sin they had committed, whatever uh, misdemeanor they had been guilty of, they're thinking to themselves, this is it. Here comes, here comes an angel of the Lord, and this is not going to be good. Nothing good is going to come of this message. And what we have in Luke chapter 2, this might be confusing for us a little bit because of our nativities. We all have played, I'm sure, or some of us have played the shepherds. It's the kind of the role that nobody wants in the, in the little cast, isn't it? Everybody wants to be Joseph. Everybody wants to be Mary. And then if you, if you can't be those, you want to be the, the wise men. 
Nobody wants to get the tea towel, sure they don't. That's what happens, right? You get the tea towel. I was sharing with Nigel that uh, growing up in school, it seemed like the tea towel was shoved into the, the mustiest, fustiest, dustiest cupboard ever, and it would be pulled out once a year and put in your head, and then you would cry and sneeze all the way through the nativity. Uh, and, and the shepherds are kind of the, the, one of the lower ranks within the nativity set. It's, oh, you're a shepherd, and there's, there's loads of them over here with their little staffs. And no one really wants to pay them. Well, in our minds, we've romanticized the shepherds. We think they're just these little boys or little girls with, with tea towels on their head, and they're lovely little innocent people. That is not what shepherds were like. Shepherds were the outcasts of the day. They were the outlaws of the day. They were rough and ready men. They were coarse men. And society looked down upon them. Their lives were not important. They were sent out onto the hills to look after sheep, and if a wild animal got them or if they, they fell, fell subject to the elements and died, no one really cared. It's just another shepherd out on the hillside that dies. No education, unlikely to have a family. They're the down and outs, but they're tough men. These men are like soldiers. They guard the sheep from from wild animals. They guard them from those who will try to come and steal the sheep. And so, this little picture of a cute boy or a cute girl with a tea towel on their head is not an accurate one of what we're thinking about this morning. In the Old Testament, you're maybe going to say to me, John, well, in the Old Testament, there were certain people who were shepherds. In the Old Testament, whenever we hear of shepherds, it was an esteemed rule. It was a privileged rule. It was usually kept for one of the younger members of the family. And so, we think of David. David was a, was a shepherd. But by this stage in history, to be a shepherd meant that you had been relegated to the very bottom of the social ladder. No one grew up saying, I want to be a shepherd. And yet here, Luke chapter 2, and in verse 9, the angel of the Lord appeared to these men. And look at the message that the angel brings, verse 11. Unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This, this is unusual. This sentence should, it should not be normal for us. Why? Because in verse 11, what should, the, what should the angel say? The angel should say unto these shepherds, for unto Mary and Joseph is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Isn't that what we say whenever a little one is born? Oh, they're the, they're the little one of such and such, the mom and dad. Unto them is born this little one. But what does the, the angel say, verse 11? For unto you is born. Unto you. Unto us. The shepherds pause. The shepherds think there's no way they've got that wrong. The messenger's got that wrong. There's no way it could be for us. Verse 11, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And so what do we see in this? What does God do as He comes and He brings the message of His Son, the long-awaited-for Messiah, the one who comes to redeem and to save and to rescue, the one who all humanity has been waiting for, the one who all humanity needs? What does He do? God bypasses the palace, doesn't He? He bypasses the military powers. He bypasses the university. He bypasses the high and mighty and the well-off, and He sends His messenger to the, the lowliest in society. To the forgotten, to the mistreated. He sent his messenger to the shepherds first. Why? 
Because this news, the news contained in Luke chapter 2, is for people just like the shepherds. For people just like you and me. And you see, Jesus is in the manger, and he's, he's not in the manger, and it's reserved for just VIPs. It wasn't restricted access by ticket only. No, God said to these men, to these rough men, you come and you see my son because he has been born for you. And so God picked the unclean and the rejected shepherds, and he said, this is where I start with with men who are undesirable, who are no good, who seem to be on, be beyond saving. And here's the thing: what did the shepherds represent this morning? The shepherds represent all of sinful humanity. I have come for you and for people like you, that no one will come and say that this isn't for you. This is for you. Onto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and that means this is great news for us here today in Hill Street. Because who does God seek out? Who does He, who does he come to save? He comes to save people who have made mistakes like you and me. People who have made bad decisions. People who have problems. And we're more like the shepherds than we would like to admit. For people like us, for sinners, God sought us out. He seeks us out. He sought out these shepherds, these no good, lowly people in society, and then He didn't just seek them out and tell them. He, he called them to come. Look at verses 12 through 15. This is our second point. He calls them to come. He seeks them out. He sought them out, and now He calls them. It's the one thing the shepherds hear in the good news, and it's another for this to be good news of great joy for all people and for you. And do you notice where, where obviously we, we know this from the Christmas story, where Jesus is born? Verse 12, this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You see, as, as God calls these shepherd men to come, if Jesus had been born in the palace, what would they have said? They'd have said, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. Uh, that's, that's for the, the high people. That's for the good people. I can't go to a palace. There's no way I can go and Thank you so much for telling us this, but this place isn't for me. Or if he'd been born in the, the home of a, of a Roman aristocrat, someone who was well off, who had lots of money and power, what would the shepherds have said? No. Thanks very much. But it isn't for me. But the shepherds decided to go. They decided to go to see Jesus because he's in a manger, verse 12. He's in this shed or he's in a, a place that's been cut out of a rock, a bit of a cave where the animals are. And so these shepherds decide to go and they don't even need to tidy themselves up. Sure they don't. There's no call for these shepherds to go and to, to clean themselves up, to, to wash themselves, to, to get their hair cut, to change their clothes, to put on some aftershave. No, they decide that we will go. They can come, access is open to the King of Kings, to the Prince of Peace, born in a stable. The exact place that the shepherds felt comfortable to come in and to be part of. No need to tidy up. No need to put on a on a posh voice. You know how we sometimes do that? Just to come. 
They simply came. With all their dirt and smell, they arrived, and what they're face to face with Jesus. And so this is good news again for us. Sought out, called to come, and called to come how? Called to come just as we are. That's why our church is designed the way it's designed. It's, there's nothing fancy about this place. There's nothing that you have to do on the way in. You don't have to, to wash yourself or change yourself or, or, or do anything on the way in. There's people on the door to, to welcome you as you are, to open the doors for each and every person that comes along to Hill Street to say, you're welcome here. And not just here, but in churches right across the land and indeed the world, come to worship God. And so these first visitors, they they come as guests, just as they are. They come empty-handed, and they come as rejects. But you know what's wonderful in this story that I think we maybe miss? Mary and Joseph, these new parents, they, they don't see these rough men coming and say, no, 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 not for you. You, you, you need to stay outside. You're, you're too smelly, or you're, you're too dangerous, or, or you've done too many bad things to come and to see this child. No, Mary and Joseph let the men come in. Look at verse 16. They find the child, and then what do they do in verse 17? When they saw it, when they saw Jesus, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They come in, and they, they meet the little baby Jesus, and then what do they do? They start to tell Mary and Joseph about what has happened, about how the angel had appeared, and how the glory of the Lord had shone around, and how the great heavenly host had, had sang before them. And then they tell them, and look, look at verse 19, Mary treasured up all of these things. The angel hasn't just appeared to Mary, hasn't just appeared to Joseph, but now has appeared to the shepherds, and the shepherds have had this experience, and they've been brought in off the hillside, and Mary's starting to treasure these things up. She's starting to understand this is who this little baby boy is for. Men and women, people just like the shepherds, we, we can't keep people away from him. People have to come. And they have to worship at his feet. And so God calls these men to come. And he calls us to come. That's the good news of the gospel, open to everybody. No, no bar that you have to meet. There's no entrance criteria other than to admit that we are sinners. No one can say, I'm too old, I'm past it. I've done too many things against the Lord. No matter what excuse you would give to me this morning, it'll not, it'll not stand up. I've taken drugs, I'm a liar, I'm an adulterer, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a dealer, I'm a murderer, I'm broken, I'm sick, I'm not educated. Come. God calls us to come. There's a hymn that we have been singing at Hill Street for a couple of years, and the, the lyrics go like this. It's a, it's a retake on Come All Ye Faithful, and it's called Come All You Unfaithful. Here's how one of the verses go. It says, O come, all you unfaithful, come, weak and unstable, come, know that you're not alone, come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, see what your God has done, Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. 
And so nothing prevents us from coming to Him. And the irony here within this all is what? That Jesus, the first people that meet Him are the shepherds. God calls these men to come, and who are they face to face with? They're face to face with the good shepherd. And they don't know it yet, but this good shepherd, this little babe that has been born, is doing what? Is putting his crook of love around their their necks and drawing these shepherds in. He's drawing these shepherds in off the path that they have been on. He's he's showing them love and grace. He's he's drawing them right to his side to do what? To change these men. Not to give them a pep talk, not to tell them to tighten themselves up, but to change their lives forever. The good shepherd who puts his crook of love upon us, drawing us from the places of danger and death into his love. They're called to come. And then finally, these men are changed forever. They're changed forever. What a night for these shepherds. They're minding sheep, minding their own business. And then suddenly the, the angel appears. Then the heavenly host, they're, they're called to go to this little crib uh, uh, to come to this manger. And they find a, a young mother and, a, and, a, and Joseph. And they find this little baby. And their night and their lives is totally changed. And you wonder for them, as they spent many cold nights on the outskirts of Bethlehem, what would have been going through the shepherds' minds before this event? I wonder, did they dream of becoming fishermen? To be a fisherman in that society was a great job. You were respected then. I wonder, did they long for a new start? How did this all go wrong? How did we end up out here in the cold, minding sheep? This is not how I imagined my life to go. I wonder, did they have regrets? I wonder, did they have sentences that began with, if only I? There's one thing for sure. They weren't waiting for the Messiah. These shepherds were standing about doing their job. They didn't expect the angel to appear. And then the call comes, and they're changed forever. And you know what they're doing? These shepherds in Bethlehem, who are they minding these sheep? They're minding sheep that would, what? That would bear lambs that would be used in the temple, aren't they? That would be sacrificed in the temple, that would pay for people's sins. And so here as they mind these little sheep and, and the lambs that will come from them, that very night they're taken what? They're taken face to face away from these sheep to the Lamb of God, because that's the other title that is given to Jesus. And they come face to face with the one who's going to save them from their sin, the one who will lay down his life, who will sacrifice his life for them. And so John the Baptist would come to do what? To say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And these shepherds are the first to experience it, and they meet him face to face, the one who will take away their sin. And then verse 20, look at it with me, verse 20, what happens? They move on from this place, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and all that they had heard. These are the most unlikely of worshipers. They're the most unlikely of converts, and yet the Lord calls them and draws them and changes them forever. And perhaps that's you today. You think of yourself as as the most unlikely convert, the most unlikely worshiper of God. 
but he speaks to you today. And he calls you to come. Come to him. Be born again. Start afresh. Given a new life and new desires and new purposes. A new identity and meaning. And Christian here today, if you're a Christian, maybe you wish that you could start all over again because you've made a mess of your Christian life, which we all do. The call is simply to come again. Come to Jesus. Say sorry and return to Him again. Here's the one thing that I want you to leave with today. Who is the good news of the gospel for? It is for you. No one else. Don't worry about anybody else around you. It is for you. It can be yours. You can be changed just like these shepherds. You can be drawn into the love of Christ this day. Unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord for you. So don't let sin keep you from Jesus today. What do I mean by that? Don't let any excuse, anything that's in your past, anything that you feel guilt over, keep you from Him today. Instead, confess it and know His love. Simple message for us this morning. You have been sought out with this message. You've been called to come, and He promises that He will change you forever. No one here is beyond the love of Jesus. Thomas Goodwin said, he said that Jesus was love covered in flesh. Do you know him today? Have you experienced that love that only Christ can bring? Come, come to him this day.